Hi, welcome to the Fit Me Forever podcast hosted by the OmniFit. We're about all things fitness. We help women get off the diet roller coaster to find sustainable health, embracing life right where you are on the way to where you're going. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Coach Jody V, a certified nutrition coach who specializes in helping women become physically and mentally strong to regain energy for a life they love. I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Duncan, owner of the OmniFit, and fellow colleague and nutrition coach, Taylor Bloxham. Together, we are the OmniFit. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to episode number 23 of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that I'm confident every single one of you can relate to. I know that we can. The topic is the scale. I'm sure at one point in your fitness journey, you have just curse the scale, whether it's because it's not going down or if you're someone who's, who is in a hard gainer in terms of lean muscle, you might curse it because no matter how much you try, it's not going up. Either way, we're going to cover all the reasons why you might be saying, screw the scale. Why am I gaining weight? Definitely. This is going to be a good one. Well, before we jump right into that though, I want to let you guys know about a really awesome event that we have going on. So if you have ever thought about having hands-on out from us, um, having someone kind of get into the nitty-gritty of your fitness journey, I want to invite you to join us for our very first OmniFit live event in Dover, New Hampshire on July 1st of this year. Now, this isn't going to be your typical conference. We're not going to be um, you know, lecturing you and anything like that. We're actually going to be Oceanside for the majority of the day, and we're going to be sitting down with you to help you goal set construct and understand your fitness plan, um, having something in place. We're going to be having conversations around common struggles like cravings, managing stress, consistency, um, offering you mindset techniques and systems to improve all of your results that you're getting from your fitness, um, <clears throat> from your fitness program. We're also going to be taking time to go to the gym together. So we're going to go over form and intensity and address inside your workouts um, the details to make sure that you're making the most progress in that particular area. Um, fitness can be, in general, can be really confusing with all this information out there. So our goal is to have you walking away from this event knowing exactly what you should be doing for your personal goals and have a plan in place to achieve them. What we've done, though, is we've limits, limited these spaces to just 25 people. And this allows us to have the greatest impact. So to reserve your spot, you can go to theomnifit.com slash live. We are so excited about this event. We get to hang out with you guys in person. And I know for the three of us, um, not being in the same state, it's just going to be exciting to get hands-on with all of you guys. So again, to just reserve your spot or learn more about this event, go to theomnifit.com slash live. So let's jump in with this topic about the scale. Guys, how often is it that the scale has just haunted us? <laughs> I can't tell you how many clients have said, just go bury the scale under the bed. Let's just do that for like six weeks. We're That's not even graceful. I say throw it off, throw it out the window. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many women think that their progress has to be defined by this scale. Mm -hmm. And it, the truth is it doesn't even tell, not even close to the whole story. It is just one small um, measurement of progress that we use just to be practical, just to, you know, get that plan in place and to make sure that all of our I's are dotted, T's are crossed. It is the smallest, smallest form of progress. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, just one tool in the toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. So today, guys, what we want to do is we want to educate you on why we're saying the scale is just a small portion of progress. We're not trying to um, take any any weight off of the fact that it is a tool because there's a lot of really valuable tools in a toolbox and there are reasons why we should be using it. But the better that you understand what your body is doing and why that might influence um, your body weight to go up or your body weight to go down, the more objective you can be in making decisions about how to change your program. Because in all reality, um, how much you weigh or how much space you take up in general, you know, what size clothes you wear and all those things. Um, those things can't be influenced by your, your judgment on yourself. We know that how you live your lifestyle, all the other to do's are what really influence, um, the progress that we're making. And typically, generally speaking, um, I believe that it's probably coming from someone who desires to lose body fat that struggles a lot more um, with the scale. So what we want to show you guys today is, or share with you guys today is all the reasons why our body can be influenced by, by weight, what can influence that weight. So what were some reasons why maybe the scale might increase rather than decrease? So the biggest one I think of right away, especially with all of the women that we work with that are starting out on their fitness journey is weight training. And so what happens there is all of these nutrients and all of this water and just your muscle being full of, of blood and other things, it's going to have an impact on the scale. You know, it's, it's going to have a substantial effect because all of these different variables taking place. Um, and it's a very good thing that all of that is happening. I think that a lot of women don't realize that that is healthy. That is actually one of the first steps that's needed in order for fat loss or muscle gain or strength gain to actually occur later on. All of these things have to take place first. And so understanding that because the scale's going up because all of those things are happening is actually a very good thing. And it is a very good indicator of your, the fact that you're progressing and that your body is responding well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not fat gain. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, your body just doesn't gain body fat that fast. So if you, you know, if you meet with your trainer or you go to the gym for the first time, or you're on your first kind of week of, um, you know, eating enough food and working out, like Coach Taylor was saying, that when the scale does increase, which is very, very common, I also want to say that, that it's one of the first things that people say, well, we see the scale go up first, and that's exactly the reason why, because your body's actually retaining um, that glycogen, the water, the fluid, the, and the nutrients from your blood into your muscle cells, um, and that's good. And also, whenever you weight train, um, that you are causing little micro tears inside of your fiber and that requires recovery. And so your body will swell or become more inflamed in a response to that recovery. And it's all very normal. Um, so that can definitely cause the scale to increase. Um, what else, what else guys? I just definitely, um, you know, so many people come to us that are under eating. Mm -hmm. And so when they begin begin a um, program, they're generally eating more, obviously not so much that they should be gaining a ton of weight, but they're eating more volume. And so that volume, obviously, not only speaking on the micro level of nutrient uptake, but just, you know, more fiber and things like that, that perhaps they weren't. And so there's, 
you know, a little bit more waste byproduct that is in your system waiting to be eliminated, which also can, depending on the time of day you weigh and that sort of thing. The other thing I naturally come to is just like, where are you at as a female in your cycle? Um, because different hormones will cause um, at different times connected to that inflammation and growth, um, just more water retainage, obviously. And some women can, it, that can be three or four pounds easily, mm-hmm. but seven days later, it's, it's not there. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. obviously keep that in mind. Right. It's a very good point. Um, there's two things that I, that I often do with, with people from a, from a scientific um, coach standpoint um, I like to collect the data as much as possible. I like to have, a, you know, daily weights, things like that. Coach Shota, you just mentioned the time of day. Um, across the board, we recommend you weigh first thing in the morning after you've gone to the bathroom with no clothes on and before you drink any water. So that's that's the most accurate way and consistent way to get um, an average. Because if you're doing that, let's say, you know, you go to work Monday through Friday, or you're a mom and you're up at the same time Monday through Friday, try to keep that time the same, whether that's 4am or whether it's 7am, it doesn't matter. But you will notice and if you haven't done this yet, do a little experiment with yourself. If you weigh on the weekend, and you weigh Monday through Friday, you seems like you might lose weight every weekend. You don't. You're just it's just less water in your system through respiration. <laughs> like you just slept a little bit longer. That's all that it is. You're a little bit more dehydrated. Yeah. And what we highly recommend if you're in a good mental state is to take those daily weights and take an average over those 7 days and let that be what your weight is. And then track that over time. If you look at that in a whole month, you'll have 30 data points, maybe 31 data points. But really, you only have four markers to see the trend. And if you can zoom out and really see what your body's doing, um, that seems to help a lot of clients because I notice that the frustration doesn't typically come from the first week or the second week. It's when they're moving into that week three and week four, and they're really not seeing a ton of change. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that's that's a really great point too because I'm starting to think of a lot of my clients in terms of, you know, in even week 8 and nothing significantly dropping all mm-hmm. the time, but, you know, just really considering some points of, you know, strength gains, um, you know, better energy, the way their clothes are fitting. Mm-hmm. Those are different things that I start to think of that are going to be indicators of progress that need to be known when some of those things are taking place. And now some people, something that I think of, some people might think of, you know, taking those individual weights over time as being a little bit too meticulous, but it also helps you to be very objective and look at it, like you said, Kayla, at a broader perspective and really just get to collect data. That's pretty fun. And I know we kind of nerd out on that, but it is very, very cool to get to, you know, separate the emotions from having an objective eye about the progress and separating those two. I know it's very hard as women, but it's very, very necessary in order to make logical decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you combine that with the data that Jody was talking about with the cycle, um, you can really you can quickly pinpoint some times where you can expect, oh look, this this day or this time of the month or this stressful time of my life where I've gained weight. Like what Jody was saying, you overlap that on you know your cycle or whatever else is going on in your life, and you can pinpoint that a little bit easier. I love to try to just help clients focus that focus it on just being facts and data. 
because it is really fun when you have that data and look back at it and go, especially in times where you're helping clients get up to um, a level of intake that is maintenance or above. And they look at it and they go, well, there's those occasional blips. But when they look at the average and go, look how much, you know, how many calories I've added over the last three or four months. And the scales like basically not changed at all. Wait a minute, I can eat all this food and not gain weight. And so um, that's really fun, I think, from that aspect, you mm -hmm. know, too, is just um, mentally like trust. It's, it's a part of that thing we talk about all the time, just trusting the process. Mm -hmm. And again, scales just one tool. And if you keep it, keep that mindset, it's so freeing, really. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I will say just kind of a disclaimer, if you are someone um, that has a, you know, a past eating disorder or that you just know that you have this intense connection to scale weight and that it really, really negatively impacts your mindset, then maybe that's not a tool that you're using in this very moment. Let's go to the toolbox and use other tools. Um, as coaches, when we work individually with, with people through our mentorship program, we obviously do that. Um, so if you're just a listener and you're listening to this kind of broad overview, while that might be the best from a research standpoint, it might not be the best for you personally. Um, so just keep that in mind. We like to use it as data, but if you have other, other things that are preventing you from, from using that, um, have, have your own intuition too. What, what I think is even more fun is um, when you're not focusing on the scale, but you're focusing on the visual changes. And one of my favorite things is to do client comparison pictures, like, you know, week one, week six, week 12, and start kind of lining them up together. And even though there might not look like there's a lot of change in the scale, when you take increased intake and you start looking at those visuals and helping them see what they don't see, mm -hmm. that's super exciting too. And so I love to encourage clients to be, um, I guess, like just kind of step outside themselves and, totally. and to try to like train them to be able to see the things that we see. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. Cause then over time, um, like Tay, like what you were saying as that composition changes, um, you, I mean, I know that three of us, we've compared our own pictures to each other and said, Oh my gosh, the last time I was this weight, I looked like this. It looks totally different. And in seasons of our life, the other side, you know, and different parts of our life, how old that we are as things change. I mean, I've been weightlifting for 15 years and I don't look the same as I did as a 30 year old as I did when I was 22, um, you know, skin and, and other things, but the muscle changes over time and what it has taken to maintain that or grow. Um, all that is really, really encouraging when you might be in a season of life that, you know, you can't hit the gym four and five days a week and you might have to modify some exercises. If you have an injury, you know, Jody came off of um, a pretty intense year of having to take some time out of the gym. Um, mm -hmm. And I just recall conversations that we were having where you were really resting on what your body was capable of and knowing that when you just stick to what is serving your body, it's going to serve you best yeah. in, in the long run. And that's what we try to remind you guys too. Yeah. I kind of, mm -hmm. something that comes to mind with all of this, I kind of laughed. You guys, you know, you hear this, uh, a pound of muscle weighs more than a, a pound of fat. Like that so drives me crazy. Like, no, a pound of muscle weighs the same as a pound of fat. A pound of muscle is more dense Mm -hmm. right. therefore you're tighter and leaner and so that's why you can look so different you know obviously at a at a different or at the same weight 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. And another, that actually reminds me about another um, complaint or feedback that I've gotten from a lot of women over the years is when they might start weight training again, if they came back to it, or they're kind of in that first six month period, they feel thicker. They feel like I'm getting bigger. I'm getting bigger. Um, what do you guys have to say about that? Let's, let's share with the listeners maybe what that might, what actually might be happening and why you shouldn't stop weight training to make that feeling go away. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, your muscles are, yeah, like we talked about at the top of the podcast, they're just, they're filling up. And if you have a little bit more subcutaneous, um, adipose tissue, fat tissue, than you did before you're, as the muscles fill up, it's just kind of pushing that all out and it's tighter to the surface. And yes, you do feel thicker. I think we've all been in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And exactly what's happening when, when there's better blood flow, you know, there's going to be a little bit more, um, you know, puffiness, inflammation, you know, things are just going to have better circulation. But I don't remember the last time that better circulation was bad or fat gain. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and I know that we can all, all shed light on that, but that's also giving our listeners a perspective of what these things actually are. Like you're saying, fat cannot be gained that easily. You know, better circulation, that's a great thing that your body is having better blood flow. It's mm-hmm. able to pump oxygen better, deliver nutrients more efficiently. And so when that's taking place, you know, it's just taking it step by step and t- instead of comparing it to your long-term goal of fat loss, but just realize, realizing that, you know, I saw this, this picture today. It was saying that our bodies aren't Amazon Prime. We can't get our bodies, our <laughs> dream bodies in two days. And it's so true. And the same goes with this. No, it is. Better circulation too is better for fat loss phases as well. Totally. You know, it it works in both ways. Definitely. So if you're in a fat loss phase when you're supposed to be, meaning that your metabolism is in a place that is prepared for fat loss, you don't need to actually be into a maintenance, but yet you're trying to lose fat. If if all those things are already in place, which in having this conversation, we're going to assume that they are because we have plenty of podcasts talking about determining if you are ready for a fat loss phase or not. Um, assuming that you are, and you are on a good program that has your intake at a moderate deficit, um, and you're managing your sleep levels, and you're managing your energy, and um, you're tracking all those other indicators of progress, like your gym performance, and your overall mood, and your cycle, and things like that, if those are in place, and the scale is still not budging, just hang in there, because it's only one indicator of progress. Um, if you have specific questions about this too, please inbox us because we would love to kind of um, use you as a case study and help you maybe just feel better about the progress that you are making. I've even just had friends that um, not working with us specifically, but are like, okay, I just need a, um, you know, a mind. I need you to shake up my mind a little bit because I'm getting so obsessed with this. Um, And a lot of it just has to do with trusting the process like Coach Jody was talking about earlier. I think it it begs to offer that some individuals' metabolisms are more adaptive than others as well. Um, Some will, you know, immediately go into a fat loss phase and start losing right away. And others, other folks' bodies will fight it, even if they're in a good, they've been at a good maintenance for a long time. It just, um, I know that I'm one of those adaptive ones where 
it, it just takes some real strong pushing mm-hmm. you know, to get, get in a different place. Um, and I think that's one thing that when you go through the process a couple of times, you learn about yourself. And then you can better mentally prepare, you know, for the next time. Mm-hmm. Out. But eventually it will give up the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it, no doubt that fat loss at the end of the day is an energy expenditure. It's if you're at a deficit, eventually your body's going to fight the quote unquote starvation. Um, but if you have body fat to lose, your body will eventually lose the body fat. That's why for, you know, that's why less than countries have starvation problems because everybody's human body works in the same cycle. Um, and like you mentioned, Jody, about learning about your body, we've mentioned on other podcasts too about not judging your body. The sooner we can get on board with how our body is, and you know, easily we could say, oh, well, my body just doesn't like to lose body fat. You know, I adapt so easily. And you can create this like negative ugh against your body. And like, what is that going to do? Like, it's not going to improve anything. It just makes you hate the process that much more. Right, right. Yes. Yep. Yep. And that particularly, I think of a, you know, clients that I've worked with that are just in a bad emotional headspace, maybe that day. And we are, we're all there. We mm-hmm. all have those bad days where we just feel just, ugh, and we, you know, we're not, we're not for what life is throwing at us. And, you know, starting to doubt every single effort that's going into that. And that's where, you know, whether we have some kind of accountability with a coach or even just a great group of friends or something that can help reel us back in to look at that at a bigger view and a more um, broad, larger picture for our long-term goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I suppose that if you're not seeing the scale move, it's probably a good idea not to jump to another plan which a lot of clients do. Yes. And so the reason Good for the point. podcast today is, you know, make sure you're in reputable hands that can help you judge that situation until you do come into better context with your own body and just be able to own how it changes and adjust you know, through time. Mm -hmm. No, that's really good. And just before we wrap up, I did want to take a little moment to talk about the other end of the spectrum for those listeners that might be in the hard gainer side. Um, For many, many years, I sat in that category of a really hard gainer. I'm five, eight and a half and spent most of my high school years being a string bean and putting on muscle, having that idea in my head of wanting to be um, a more muscular physique, having that like figure competitor um, as a goal in my mind and putting in all of this work in the gym. Um, mind you, many years were not done correctly because I didn't know better. I was just working really hard. Um, so getting a coach, like Jody said, making sure you're following the program. But if you're not seeing the scale rise as fast as you want, also just keep in mind that the energy balance needs to be in place. Like you have to be eating enough. And that's really hard for a hard gainer. Um, Tay, we spent many years just, I mean, shoving food down your throat like it's coming out of your eyeballs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and training. Ladies, if you want to gain muscle, um, eating is a component, but training is another component. And that it might be better suited for another podcast where we can talk specifically about um, training for gaining muscle because um, so many women, um, you train differently to, to gain muscle than what you would to maintain, than what you might for a fat loss program, for a general fitness client. Um, there's different strategies and different tools to be used for those things too. 
That's huge too. And I know that one thing we probably want to touch base on too, when we think of some of those things is even the other indicators of some of that progress, you know, um, that I think that we should touch base on in terms of, you know, I know that we mentioned the scale, but also there's other indicators of progress that we briefly mentioned, but just going into that too, you know, sleep is a huge, huge deal. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't realize that you have to be sleeping in order to make progress, especially fat loss and, and, especially thinking long-term, if your sleep is, if you're sleep deprived and it's not in place, so many things, and this could be, again, another whole podcast within itself, but so many hormones and, and things are being, you know, thrown off because of, of the sleep deprivation and not getting enough. And again, our bodies are very adaptive. So you might say over a year's time, you know, you are adapted to sleeping five hours and you feel great you know, but your body's just gotten used to that over time. And so, and that can be the same in any arena. What are some other indicators of progress that you guys tend to think of? No, I totally echo that. And I just want to emphasize exactly what you were saying, Tay, about, um, about sleep. And that is one of the very first things that um, it's hard to correct too. So there needs to be a lot of grace in that area, especially if you're someone that's managed your lack of energy from not sleeping good with stimulants or caffeine. Um, that's not something that we typically suggest just going cold turkey and being like, all right, no caffeine. You'll just be tired and you'll get, you'll sleep good. Um, Cause there's also that um, I, I experienced this with our, with our toddler, not that we give him caffeine, but that if he's overtired, it doesn't mean that he sleeps better. He sleeps best when he's, just enough tired when he's on a good schedule. And so as adults that we have to just mind that and we have to honor that and slowly make those changes all in the process of, you know, fueling yourself well and things like that, which I think in, it directly impacts those other indicators of progress, like your overall energy level throughout the day, um, your mood and how you respond to other stressors in your life. Um, we all have minor acute stressors and some of us even have more chronic stress depending on the, the life experience that you're dealing with in this season and that can greatly impact your progress. And so that's important to um, just pay respect to. Um, again, if you've got specific questions and wondering if a certain area in your life could greatly be impacting your lack of progress, just let us know. We'd love to give you our expert opinion on that. Um, and then moving that into your gym performance, I actually did a, a quick little um, video in our Fit Me Forever group the other day um, about not feeling very good and how to determine if you should go to the gym or not. We've done podcasts on this before, um, but it just made me think about how if that cycle, if that all or nothing cycle would continue of, if I don't go to the gym, then I'm not going to lose body fat. And then this thing goes on and on how we wear ourselves into the ground guys that's what we do and that can impact our gym performance so the next thing you know two three four weeks six months passes and you've been in this negative cycle it just give yourself a little bit of grace to turn the notch down a little bit and start paying attention to those other indicators of progress yeah definitely all right, guys. Well, this was um, very, very insightful for us just to review all of this stuff. Again, if you have any questions, please let us know. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining in to another episode of the Fit Me Forever podcast. If you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out via email at info at theomnifit.com. And of course, please connect with us on social media. All of our handles, our Instagram and Facebook are both at The Omnifit. And if you like this kind of content, if you like what we're putting out, please rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps other people find us, and it lets us know that we're putting out content that you enjoy. 
All right. Talk to you guys soon.